Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This podcast is supported in part by Australian Ethical. Hello, Lewis. Hello, Daniel. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Very excited. Thank you to Australian Ethical for supporting the show. Hey, you know the uh, Spotify wrapped stuff that kind of happened this week, mm. uh, people yeah. were sharing? I want to big, do a big shout out to Suli Lim, who put on Twitter that we were her number one podcast. Thank you, Suli Lim. That's great. Good on you. Uh, really appreciate that. That's huge. Did we beat like uh, like Taylor Swift for her or is it just with the number one <laughs> podcast? I don't know. I don't know. What was your number one podcast you listened to according to Spotify? I don't uh, use Spotify for my podcasts. Uh, oh, it very messes good. messes up my algorithm for music. My pocket cast said that I listened to Vaults the most uh, and My Millennial Money. So Vaults, okay. which is a podcast all about electricity. <laughs> oh, my God. Then were they just like, uh, you're an absolute nerd. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of nerds, we're coming to you, Adelaide. Yes, our Fringe Festival show is on sale March 4, I believe. Um, check out the show notes. I'll put it in there. Now, I was thinking, should we try to get Christopher Pine on the show? Uh, the former politician, not the not the actor. Or maybe yeah. we should get Christopher Pine, the Hollywood actor, on the show. I once, promoted as Christopher um, Pine, the politician. I had Christopher Pine, the handsome actor, on our radio show, and we made him do a Christopher Pine politician impression, and he was really good. <laughs> He's re- like, I mean, very talented. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Do we? I, I don't know if I want Christopher Pine on the show. If I'm totally honest. Fair enough. We'll we'll find out <laughs> that a little bit later on. I'm recording my end of a rational fear on Gadigal land and the urination. Sovereignty was never ceded. We need a treaty. Let's start the show. A rational fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra, fair come, and Section Forty. A rational fear recommends listening by immature audiences. Tonight, the Nationals try to derail the voice to Parliament by saying the only minority that should have a voice in Parliament are the Nationals. And Elon Musk says human trials of his brain chip neural link will begin. The Twitter boss said he's had one for years and he's completely fine. And Melbourne has topped the list of the world's friendliest cities, to which I in Sydney say, you desperate bunch of losers, stop being so needy. It's the 3rd of December. 
2022. This is the podcast, Irrational Fear. Irrational Fear! Welcome to Rational Fear. I'm your host, former host of InfoWars, Dan Illich, and this is the podcast that takes the news and puts a little George Foreman grill underneath it to drain all the most interesting parts. Let's meet our fear mongers for tonight. Our first guest is so deep in the news, he wears waders when he teaches journalism. It's Sammy Shah. Sammy. Hello. How you doing? Well, welcome. You know, why bother teaching journalism at all when today's kids are just going to work in PR, Sammy? Well, I mean, basically at this point, I'm just hoping one of them will set up a news channel and then hire me and then I'll get a proper job with a real salary. That's my that's my current plan for how to get a You're hoping one of your students is going to become a sovereign national broadcaster. And she's one but of absolutely. comedy's legal eagles. It's one of the most overqualified guests we've ever had on the show, Floyd Alexander Hunt. Welcome, Floyd. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's a low bar for the record, Floyd. Yeah, there's a low bar. In comedy, it's like, that's not a compliment, but yeah. thanks. <laughs> well, look, I, I, I looked at the sheer amount of trading you did, uh, you've did. you done in comedy, and it's extraordinary. Globe Theatre, NIDA, VCA, Goliere, Second City, UCB, IO, and now Irrational Fear. You've made it. You've done it. You're on the cults. third. You're on, the, you're on the, <laughs> the best comedy podcast three years running in Australia. Well done. Thank you. I'll add it to my bio. <laughs> and Lewis Hobber. Yeah, I'm here too. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, a thrill to be with you, underqualified for all things. Coming up a little later on, we talk with the extraordinary team who took Clive Palmer's Waratah coal mine to court and won a court case that pretty much affects the entire planet. But first, here is a message from this week's sponsor. Imagine you're a true crime podcast host tracking down some of the grisliest murders ever committed in Australia, only to discover that they're all already covered by other true crime podcasts. That is the moment I discovered something so terrifying in myself that I had no choice but to turn it into a blood-curdling audio experience. Hi, I'm Mark Fennell, and I host the true crime podcast. Is Mark Fennell a murderer? Yes, he is. Come with me as I investigate a fresh murder that I commit each week until I get caught. I pick victims out at random from the white pages. I know, shocking. How did I find a white pages in 2022? To find out, you'll have to listen to Is Mark Fennell a Murderer? Yes, he is. Available only on Audible and as a transcript from Criminal Court. And while you're there, check out my other podcast, Stuff Mark Stoll and That Murder Guy. Shit, um, I have to go now. Bye. Mm, hopefully we can get Mark on the show to promote his new podcast. Looking forward to that. This week's first fear, the Australian Parliament has successfully launched a censure motion against Scott Morrison. Yeah, look, it sounds good, but it's just a hoity-toity way of the Australian Parliament going, naughty boy, you naughty boy, we don't like you because you're a bad boy. Yes, censure sounds good. It sounds like it's kind of like being cancelled by the king, but there's no real consequence for being like a lying asshole, in my honest opinion. So he doesn't go to jail. He doesn't get stripped of his office. He doesn't even get a wedgie and be forced to sit on the bubblers. Ah. Uh, Fear mongers, if you could censure anyone, who would it be? Who would you, you know, who would you censure just to tell them I mean, that they're honestly, a naughty boy? What's the point? Like, censure me, censure anyone. Who cares? <laughs> Chuck a censure out every day. They made such a hullabaloo about this goddamn censure. Like, oh, it's a, it, you can't go around just censuring people. You're like, oh, it was less than a slap on the, a slap on the wrist would hurt more than a censure. <laughs> anyway, the idea that, like, oh, the shame of a censure. You're like, 
<laughs> this was the weakest thing I've ever seen done by, like, if that was justice, if, 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 you, if there was a hike who was like, I'm so sorry, young man. Like, we are going to censure you. You'd just be like, wait, is that not even community service? Like, nothing? I get to walk away. It was nothing. We need they to have a better system than the censure. Yeah, legally or- it means nothing. They should at least have taken his ukulele away from him. You know, like, at least give us that, for God's sake. That's censorship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would have preferred censorship than censorship. Yeah. Yeah. Albanese t- Albanese is slowly snapping the ukulele in half right before <laughs> yes, Morrison that's as what he we <laughs> Yeah, just something. But I like the fact that Morrison didn't even give us that much. Like like they censure, censured him, which was a bullshit, absolute zero reaction. And even that, he was like, nope, I'm not even gonna say sorry for this. Like he was even that he refused. At one point, he's like, I'll turn the other cheek and the other cheek it turned out also had six ministries to its name but he's basically <laughs> at this point completely said you know what do whatever you want it doesn't make a difference i still get my salary you're the idiots and we are he's right yeah we are it, it's so funny he then got up in parliament and then said a whole bunch of lies that were not true again like it's it's it, they didn't matter he might as well lie what's the worst they're gonna do censure him again like censure who cares <laughs> uh, honestly i'd take a censure a day it's like yeah. you take it like a multivitamin. Just wake up in the morning, censure me, and then I can go to work. I'd like to get censured before Melbourne Comedy Festival next year just to get my name out there. Some tickets, you know? just, I, I honestly, I'm starting to think maybe I should join Hillsong because clearly God loves Morrison. He got yeah. to be the longest running prime minister in 15 years to an absolute dog's bollocks of the entire job. And then anyway, got to keep the job for a long time. And then at the end of it all, we said, oh, you did a bad thing. He said, no, I didn't. We said, okay, fine. I hope you learned your lesson. I mean, <laughs> that's Jesus, basically. That's Jesus' parable in the modern day. This is good from Tim on YouTube. He says, a century a day keeps the parliamentary duties away. Thank you, <laughs> yeah. Tim. Very good. And, you know, this is so interesting. Like, he was so hated by his even his current colleagues that they actually supported the century. Bridget Archer who's a Liberal from Tasmania. She crossed the floor to vote with the majority of the parliament. And Karen Andrews, she abstained from voting, which is really just a passive-aggressive way of saying, I fucking hate you. You Like, that's that's pretty much it. Like, it, it's it's impressive that, you know, a couple of people actually from his own party actually crossed the floor. Well, listening to the press conferences from the coalition beforehand, you could sense the pretzel that they were getting themselves into because they know <laughs> that the Australian public think that what he did was crook, right? Everyone knows that. Yeah. So they have to acknowledge that. They can't be like, actually, he did nothing wrong. They're like, no, what he did was wrong. And it was weird. And it was wrong and weird. But then when it's like, oh, so he should probably like say sorry, or there should be some sort of thing where we all agree that he did something wrong in public. They're like, well, that's where we disagree. And you're kind of going, how? And they're like hearing like Dutton try to be like, well, it was wrong, but these people try to say that he's wrong. Well, that's even more wrong than the other wrong thing. <laughs> and he's like, this is, it was the weakest position that they could possibly have had. Like, uh, watching Dutton do that, you're like, you might be the worst politician I've ever seen. You might be so, you are so bad at this job. Might be. Well, I think he is. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I've got a bit of a hot take on Peter Dutton. I don't know if he's very talented. Uh, here's, here's the thing that I found very strange was, you know, suddenly the I turn on the news and Morrison's on the headlines and I switch over to the ABC and Barnaby Joyce is being interviewed on Insiders and 
And it reminded me of just, you know, what, six months ago or something when they were the government. I was shocked at how it felt like so long ago. I felt like I was remembering a bad drug trip in the 90s. You know, when I was like, oh my God, you're, can you imagine how high we used to get back then and, wear the, and do the craziest shit? Except this was six months ago. We've already put him in a rearview mirror so hard and so fast that people are having trouble remembering his name. It was, it was traumatic to see him again. How should Scott Morrison be punished for his deceptive behaviour over the last um, few years? You know, they should make him do the jobs. Like, they should actually... (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know, it's like doing lines at school on the chalkboard. Like, you actually go back and actually do all the work. I don't think he should do those jobs in Parliament. I think he should just have to do five terrible jobs, you know, that are, like, really badly paid. Like any comedian, you know, you're like, oh, I'm teaching journalism and I'm doing a podcast and I'm doing, you know, make him do that. Make him do what we're doing right now. Yeah. This is a rational fear. Had I been asked about these matters at the time at the numerous press conferences I held, I would have responded truthfully about the arrangements. I had put in place. So apparently, it's the fault of this house. You are listening to a very rational fear. All right, this week's second fear. In New Zealand, people going through puberty have had enough and their hormones are demanding to be counted in the next election. Yes, the voting age of New Zealanders could be dropped to 16 after New Zealand's Supreme Court ruled that the current voting age of 18 is discriminatory. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Floyd, you are a, uh, a Kiwi. Tell us about this story. What's yes, going on? Yes, I am. I, um, I don't live there currently, um, but <laughs> I... Okay, so it was an interesting thing. So this group of, like, young people brought the case to the Supreme Court and they... they did, so it wasn't like... 16 and 17-year-olds can now vote. Basically, the court said it's inconsistent because New Zealand has a Bill of Rights. I know you guys wouldn't know what that is in Australia, but um, it's basically <laughs> like a what legal you, sorry, document. What, sorry, could, you just, could, you, could you just say it really What's slowly? This? I'm not too yeah. sure. Could you just uh, spell out what is a Bill of Rights? Yeah. I've never heard of that before. <laughs> yeah, it's too confusing for Australians, but just imagine there's like some form of protection for the citizens, um, <laughs> people no, living in Australia. No, that's no idea what you're talking about. Okay. No. Yeah, it's like you're saying words, but nothing sensible <laughs> is coming out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In Pakistan, do they have a Bill of Rights? I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure they do. <laughs> oh, yeah, Pakistan is a Famous for the rights that they give their people. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, the court found that one of the clauses in the Bill of Rights is inconsistent with the current minimum voting age, which is 18. So the Bill of Rights gives anyone from 16 years over the right to freedom from age discrimination. So technically that's inconsistent, right, with the law, which is the 18-year-olds can vote because 16 and 17-year-olds can't. So now it'll go to Parliament, they'll debate it, and it's um, it's an entrenched law like the constitution here, so it has to get like 75% of, po- of politicians have to vote. Does that mean that 16-year-old Kiwis will also be able to drink? Is that discrimination? Well, that's the interesting thing. It's like you can drink in New Zealand at 18. So what's the requirement? Like, you need to be able to drink? That's that's the key? I don't know. All, all, all New Zealand is doing with this is convincing Australia that a Bill of Rights is a terrible idea. Like, this actually <laughs> yeah. makes a further argument to not get a Bill of Rights because you know, you'll have Lord of the Flies on this island within two days. Yeah. In New Zealand, you used to be able to drive at 15 years old. Like, I got my full licence by 16. So I was driving wow. at 15. So they do have a history of, like, giving rights at a young age. My, I mean, you okay, could do my, that in Pakistan. Not legally, but, you know, you sure. could. 
Yeah. I'm sort of, I don't know where you guys sit on it. I'm sort of split. Like, obviously, I don't want my 16-year-old sister to vote. I don't trust any of her opinions. <laughs> but, like, um, if I was 16, I'm like, oh, maybe we should let them vote. Like, we let um, children vote in those, like, things are grilled. You know, we have to vote on. <laughs> well, yeah, that is why a not? good point. Why, why stop yeah. there? Why not? You know, that's so hard to vote on those things that grilled. They're like, you know, do you want to vote for to cure cancer or for the Quidditch team? Oh you know, it's God. impossible to make that decision, obviously. It, it would be really difficult. I mean, it would be really strange being a 16-year-old and trying to, and thinking about voting. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of 16-year-olds out there who are very engaged civically in the big issues, but I'm pretty sure when I was 16 I was just concerned about who I could possibly pass on with. Like, that's that was my number one concern. It's still my number one concern. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> no, but like, there's, like, have you met a, a politically active 16-year-old? They're always like the, those, you know those people who joined like young liberals or young labor or something? The absolute psychopaths. They, they, yes. they, always, they always wear bow ties in college. Um, they have no social skills. They, they, they don't even have the skills required to join like a party of people who get drunk. They, they want to just sit around and talk policy at the age of 16. Do you want to give them more things to think about? Like about politics? No. No, this is the last chance yeah, this of is- them becoming socially functioning humans. Yeah, this is going to radicalize like the, those those groups, like young liberals, young labor. The people are going to have to become unionists, like mm. <laughs> oh. just, just as they're getting a job. To, um, all those kids who are lining up to watch Jordan Peterson with their father, they're going to be. <laughs> <Yeah. over there. laughs> I think there should be a maximum voting age. I don't care about the minimum voting age. I think there should be a maximum. Mm-hmm. You know, like seventy above. Just stop. Just if you're watching <laughs> free day of television, no, you don't get a vote. You're off. That's that should be the rule. This is. A rational fear. A rational fear. <laughs> this week's third fear, it is the tweets that Kanye West rejects that makes Kanye West the worst. He should reject a lot more tweets because he's been banned from Twitter again after posting a picture of a swastika inside a Star of David uh, in which, you know, would you believe Elon Musk saw and he actually texted Kanye West this. He said, uh, sorry, but you've gone too far. That is not love. To which Kanye West replied, who made you the judge? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, he did. He bought he bought Twitter, um, so he could judge. It's really interesting kind of seeing this kind of story blow up because this happened immediately after he was on InfoWars uh, for about three hours with Alex Jones today. He was just so incoherent. Both of them, two giant incoherent idiots just talking at each other, goading each other on stupid things. It was just in, just absolutely mind-boggling. I watched the whole thing. I downloaded it <laughs> and I watched the whole thing. And I'm sure many people online would have seen plenty of grabs of it on Twitter. I don't know. Did any of you see any of those grabs on Twitter today? I saw the clips, which I've never seen Alex Jones be the reasonable person in a room. Like that, <laughs> I know. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so interesting to watch him talk and like he's got his talking points, which roughly kind of coherent in a grammar sense, but Kanye was off on another level. And there was plenty of clips of Kanye West talking about how much he loves Hitler and the virtues of Hitler. We won't replay those again, but honestly, um, they they just don't make any sense in context. So what I've got is I've got one clip that I thought was the most interesting. And so we're going to play Hang On A Sec. I'll play the clip. When you want to say something, you just say Hang On A Sec and I'll stop the tape. All right, here we go. What do you have to say? What do you have to say to Alex Jones right now, Nick Fuentes and Ye? Ugh. It was bad. It was bad oh. for Trump to meet with Nick and Ye. Okay. 
I had no idea your voice is going to sound like that, Netanyahu. <laughs> Uh, so that and was scene. Kanye West being a puppet. <laughs> wow. It was Kanye West puppeting Benjamin Yahoo oh, with man. his net and Alex Jones looking at him going, what the fuck well, is going on? Well, it's crazy because Alex Jones is usually one of the world's great improvisers. Like if you say, I think lizards run the world, he'll go, yes, yes, and they're probably going <laughs> to run Mars soon. And you're like, this guy is like, he's zipping and zagging. This guy's amazing. And Kanye has like stumped into a point where he he literally cannot yes and this man and and that I don't think anyone has ever done that before. Well, Alex Jones tries to get it back on track. So you don't like Benjamin Netanyahu? <laughs> I just I I just heard about this guy two weeks ago since so like the tweet and I thought he had a funny name. I heard he's like really into like he's like a super killer. I could die for saying this. So in case this is the last time you ever hear from me. <laughs> well, look 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 look. I'm glad you guys are here, and, and we can we can we can sit here and upset. All I'm telling you is, do you, you guys realize that the British government created Hitler? Oh wow! There we go. Wow! I just like there's this incoherent moment, and I love this moment where Alex Jones is like, right, I'm just gonna have to draw on some old talking points here, yeah, yeah, yeah. and really pull this show together. <laughs> it's like it's like Alex Jones seeing. The British government created Hitler, and as a viewer, you're going, "Oh, thank God, someone oh, trying to bring this back, back on track." Well, yeah, he's using full sentences. I love that he's like Netanyahu. What a weird name! It's like you call yourself Yay. Like, I don't think that's super normal either. Child I, I don't is go around Northwest. Yeah, <laughs> one of them is called Sam. I also enjoy that Kanye West only heard about Benjamin Netanyahu two weeks ago. Like. It's impressive. The puppetry there, wow. I love that also he said, um, oh, I didn't realise the voice was going to sound like that. It's like, we know yep. you practised the voice before you went on. Well, I don't think. Okay. No, that's the one place I disagree. I don't think any practice went into any really? of this. I think oh, this I is think, all. I think practice went into it. Really? All right. Definitely. I don't know and then he's laughing at his own him. jokes. <laughs> It's as someone who has been a well, you know, who was a, a deep and like all the way in Kanye fan and Kanye defender for so many years. It is like genuinely heartbreaking to watch this. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, Lewis, as someone who's you know been a a deep fan of puppetry. This yeah. is deeply <laughs> offending. <laughs> as someone who loves prop comedy, this has been heartbreaking. This is breaking my heart. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. more sophisticated. And I personally. Uh, think that most Jews are great people, and I and I understand there's a Jewish mafia, and, and they're they're used to demonize anybody that promotes freedom. But I don't blame Jews in general for that. And there is a much larger eugenics, transhumanist, scientific elite agenda that's playing off. What uh, about uh, abortion? It's fifty percent of what, black. What, what, how, hold on, hang on. So his argument is basically no, no, no. Your conspiracy theory can't be right because my conspiracy theory is <laughs> is is way more right than that one. You're blaming the Jews. I'm blaming aliens here. Come on, man. Like basically, there's over fifty. Hey, one of the yeah. papers I had. You're like, why is all? You're the director today. It's yeah. fine. The, 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 oh my God. Hang on a sec. It's Alex Jones's like burp talks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Look, as a 44 year old man, I have sympathy for that problem. <laughs> man, is, like, I have part of you is like, all right, I, like you're going to be anti Semitic, you're going to be an absolute psycho, 
but get away from the microphone if you're about to burp. And don't drink fizzy drinks before you go on the show. It's a very simple rule, Alec. Came out today and said, because of your white guilt, white people need to give money so we can kill black babies. I swear to God, it's in my stack. If you if I hadn't moved it off the desk, I could pull it right up for you. Why did I have you move it off the desk, Alex? Because it's cluttered. I'm not bitching. I'm just saying, everybody asks, where's my papers? I don't have them. There's a prop. <laughs> so this is, this is Kanye. Kanye obviously came into the studio and he's a designer, right? So he, if you've ever seen Alex Jones' studio, he has papers everywhere yeah, so he yeah. can pull stuff up and refer to it like a radio studio. And Kanye's like, I'm getting rid of all of that. I'm I'm in charge. Everything has to be pristine. Well, his house is like his house is like that. It's He has a very minimalist aesthetic and there's like nothing but, in his house. Yeah, Jordan Peterson said, once your house is clean, everything in your life is organized. And it worked for Kanye. Look at how well he's doing Cla- now. Clarity yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're going to have Netanyahu step out for a second, okay, Alex? Oh, he's going to go? I'm leaving for now until, until it's another meeting, and then I'm going to say something. All right. You're not only an artist, you're a comedian. But, but <laughs> Nick, that's what I'm getting at here is, is that... <laughs> is, 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 is that... It was a, uh, it, just, it doesn't even matter. I, I just, I mean, there's, there's, there's fluoride in the water killing us all. They're injecting us with GMO. So this is, this is great. Like, like Kanye has out Alex Jones to Alex Jones. Like Alex Incredible. Jones has nothing. Like, so Alex he's like, Jones he immediately is going to go woke now because he's got nowhere else left to go at this point. He's, he's seen the end result of his current path. It's so funny the fact like, like everyone has their their old bits that they go back to when things go wrong, and it, just watching someone like pull the string on him when he just goes, "Oh shit, oh, there's fluoride in the water, and they're killing us with GMO." Oh, panic! Like it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's the equivalent of going to like a 2012 comedy festival bit that you know. Kills. Yeah. That's like my currency joke that I do on stage. Yeah. <laughs> Love this tweet. It says, "Highly recommend getting off the Kanye train before it inevitably reaches the Hitler was a good guy stop." <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that was from wow. Zach Fox, oh, September 2018. Thank you, Zach Fox. Really good. <laughs> when we come back, we talk to a woman who led a team to save the planet from Clive Palmer. Irrational fear. You're not a Nazi. You don't deserve to be called that and demonized. Well, I see good things about Hitler also. Irrational fear. Hey, Lewis, do you know what kind of stuff your superannuation is invested in? Uh, yes, and I'm not proud of it, Dan. What are you? What are you investing? What are you not proud of? Well, because you told we used to have the same super, and then you left to go to a new super, one who sponsors us, and I haven't <laughs> quite got around to that yet. And I'm still with the one who is propping up all of the evil corporations. I'm still with the bad <laughs> electrical company. Then I'm not a good person. Well, thankfully, uh, the good people are people like me who've moved my super, where it takes like three seconds to do. If you go to the Australian Ethical website, you can move your super over in about five minutes' time. It's so easy. Thank you to Australian Ethical for supporting Irrational Fear. They don't invest in all the bad things that Lewis's super is currently doing, destroying the planet. No, they do things... I assume my super is basically running the World Cup. Your super is funding Clive Palmer's campaign against Marwa Johnson, who we're about to hear from. No, 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 not Marwa. 
And we're back. The Queensland court has ruled human rights would be unjustifiably limited by a proposal to dig the state's largest coal mine in the Galilee Basin in central Queensland. And that is all due to the work of this woman, Marwa Johnson, weirdy woman from the Birrigaba Nation. She is also the Youth Verdict co-director and the First Nations program lead at Youth Verdict. Um, Marwa, thank you so much for joining us on Irrational Fear and congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on the program. This is the question I think uh, everyone on the panel wants to know tonight is how did you beat Clive Palmer? Oh, good ways. Um, I'm going to say culture too strong. Very proud Murray from Queensland. (laughs) And I guess, you know, 234 years of like colonial contact will tell you that Aboriginal culture isn't as strong as First Nations cultures are in Queensland. Uh, But we just proved that cultural rights are human rights before the land court and also that those human rights need to be protected. And so uh, the refusal of a new coal mine, especially Clive Palmer's, is very, very um, satisfying in terms of doing the work that puts First Nations cultures at the forefront of climate action. And it's quite a significant win too. 40 million tonnes of CO2 won't go into the sky over the next 30 years because of your incredible work. Like, that is a, that is a lot of yeah, CO2. Great. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. Originally, we started out really um, with the focus of just youth versus Clive. You know, it's very, I guess, um, it's a thing at the moment uh, globally for young people to be taking billionaires and, I guess, mining giants and their own governments <laughs> to court. Um, and I'm always, always, always asked the question, you know, is litigation worth it? Like, going through the legal process. And I think it's just one pathway. Um, And I think all the pathways need to sort of match up. But two years ago, when I came on board, we had a conversation about how are we going to differentiate ourselves? How are we going to do something different? If we keep running the the environmental cases that have always been run, we're going to keep losing. And the mining lobby and I guess the coal mining industry in Queensland is going to maintain its position of power in terms of dictating what the economy in Queensland should be. And so we decided to switch it a little bit and really put it on its head. And um, rather than just arguing that cultural rights are, as they're enjoyed, pardon me, by First Nations peoples and are protected under Section 28 of the Queensland Human Rights Act, all of the other human rights that we're arguing they don't apply to non-Indigenous people and then just the cultural rights applies to First Nations people. What we actually did was we said it is through living your culture as a First Nations person that all of your other human rights are exercised. And so I guess pushing for human rights, we actually have to push for the protection of First Nations cultural rights and then all of the other human rights naturally fall under those. We had the land yeah. court, travel all the way up to Gimli, Cairns in Final Queensland. This is <laughs> one of the most amazing things. Like in, in just to hear that you made the court travel to country to experience what climate uh, catastrophes was happening to culture and country. That is amazing. Like how, how often do the judges go out to country? How do they go on site to see this stuff? Good question. It's the first time it's ever happened in relation to the land court. Wow. The land court travelled up to the mine site, um, received a welcome to country for the first time ever. So that's just one protocol that they've gone through that they've never gone through before. And we were able to, I guess, push for these changes where on-country evidence was then taken, which was the first time the land court's ever 
traveled to the Torres Strait or further north than Cairns. Um, wow. Went out to the islands in the Eastern <laughs> Islands and the Central Islands, so Darnley Island, also known as Arab, and then Poruma, Coconut, also known as Coconut Island, one of the low-lying central atolls, which is already being inundated by king tides and rising sea levels. We said, okay, if we're going to win this case, we need to do something different. And that is we need to take the decision makers to where climate change is happening. I think oftentimes, like, yes, we'll have huge weather events like flooding or bushfires, whatever it is. And of course, it makes national and international news. But I think the real obvious signs of climate change and the impacts that it's having in terms of being, uh, eroding the way that people can practice their culture and exercise, I guess, their ways of being and living in Queensland, yeah, is really dependent on whether climate change continues or not. Floyd, you're a, you know, you're a law person. Does this excite you as yes. a lawyer? Yes. Oh my gosh, it sounds so much more exciting than the cases I studied. <laughs> <laughs> Judges definitely weren't leaving their um, their courts. This is so exciting. How long did the process take all up? Yeah, so we first filed in three years ago, pardon me. So I joined two years ago, been running um, with the cultural rights of First Nations people at the forefront of youth verdicts argument uh, for two years and finally got a decision last Friday. Um, we know that it sent like shockwaves through the mining lobby <laughs> and we can tell because they've been really quiet. I don't want to like mine <laughs> valve out there. But yeah. <laughs> Mara, it is so inspiring to hear your story and it's um, it's a real thrill to kind of have you on. Uh, Rational Fear, last year we donated about $5,000 to the Wangan Jangalingu people um, fighting on Adani's line. So that's thanks to our Patreon supporters. So really cool to like have your have your story on our on our podcast, you know, to hear the to hear where our money's gone, which is defeating Clark Farmer. <laughs> thanks so much. It just goes to show, you know, good ways you give put some resources into the mob and we, you know, take the fight up for everybody. And I think that's what was so important about saying that, um, I guess in our case, really pushing that all of the length and breadth of the human rights apply to First Nations people too. Australia has a really long and obviously disturbing and violent history of dehumanising First Nations people. So this isn't just a win in terms of climate or um, against the coal industry or just against Clive Palmer and, you know, the billionaire class. But this is also a win for mob all across the country. And hopefully we can, I guess, um, in terms of looking forward to what climate solutions are out there, really thinking about how we remarry environmental law with First Nations law and ways of being and relating to country. And that's going to inform us on sort of how to make the changes that we need to make to address climate change. Well, Mara, thank you so much for teaching a bunch of settlers how to uh, beat the system. Uh, it's really, really good. Oh, great. Love it. Thanks so much. <laughs> Appreciate everyone having me on. Thank you very much for joining us for Irrational Fear. Big thank you to all of our guests. Floyd, what would you like to plug? Oh, um, I've, I've gotten into prop comedy. Uh, I'm going to be doing it for <laughs> my... <laughs> no, I, um, I'm doing shows next year at Melbourne 
and Sydney Comedy Festival, maybe New Zealand. Depends if they um, let 16 and 17 year olds vote. And um, are you worried that they yeah. might vote to not let you in? Yeah, yep, I am. I am worried about it. Um, and yeah, follow me on Instagram. That's I'm addicted to Instagram. So follow me on Instagram, Floyd Alexander Hunt. Sammy Shah, what would you like to plug? Um, I have a podcast as well called News Weekly. That's W E A K L Y. It comes out every Saturday morning, and it's a it's a fifteen minute roundup of the top headlines um, with dick jokes thrown in for good measure. And uh, I also have, if you have an Audible subscription, then um, I have an Audible exclusive full cast audio drama called The Mist. That's M I S S E D. The Mist, and it's uh, it's out right now. It features Pallavi Sharda, um, and uh, yeah, I hope you like it. Uh, and can I say, I listened to it on a drive to the snow this year, oh. and it was excellent, gripping, and as I was pulling into Jindabyne, it all was revealed, and I felt like I was in the movie Jindabyne. Wow. <laughs> that is great. And thank you very much. I'm glad you heard it. <laughs> Um, Madawa Johnson, you're still here. Do you want to do you want to plug Youth Verdict? So our website is youthverdict.org.au. Search us on Facebook, Youth Verdict, on Instagram as well, um, and then you can also email us at team t e a m at youthverdict.org.au. If you head to our website, you can sign up and sort of have a, check out our witness profiles and find out a little bit more about the First Nations people whose evidence beat Clive Palmer in court. Thank you, Marua. And Lewis, what would you like to plug? Uh, nothing much, I think, this time, Dan. Um, that's it, really. No, nothing this time, I don't think. <laughs> Lewis, we've got shows at the Adelaide oh, Fringe Festival fuck. and Melbourne Comedy Festival coming up. That's what you've got to be plugging. Only, yeah, yep. We're going to Adelaide in March. <laughs> very good. He's very good, this guy. <laughs> uh, we're also going to um, Melbourne in April. Um, we're also going to Brisbane for World Science Festival in March. And I think also we're doing the Sydney Writers Festival in April too. So we've got a big bunch of live shows coming up beginning of next year, um, which I'll tell Lewis yeah, all about. I was about, about to say, I'm like, email. you had told me about Adelaide. The rest is all new information. <laughs> <laughs> um, big thank you to Road Mike's Australian Ethical and our Patreon supporters. We got one new one this week. I think her name was Erin. Thank you, Erin, for signing up. Also, big thank you to Jacob Round on the Teppanyaki timeline. Um, and please hit us up on Patreon because it really helps us uh, uh, keep the show ticking along. Thanks very much, everyone, and uh, see you next week. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.